right? Yeah. Have I ever told you the story about how when I was in college, I did a DJ radio show and me and my friend did it. And it was this whole thing about, we played a lot of like R&B and rap music, but at the same time, I feel like we sounded super white when we spoke. <laughs> and the boy that I had a crush on who lived in New York, like I told him to tune in and he made fun of me for like a week. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he made fun of me for a straight week. And then I never lived it down. And I just felt like, I don't know, like he said my voice sounded a certain way and I wasn't aware that I came across as that way. And I just was really insecure about like my music choices. Like I tried to be really down, but here I was like being like super, I don't know, the, the, the pop hits, the top 40 hits, man. Like this is what year though? 2000, what, 2011? So what was happening? So, you know, I was playing, <laughs> I was playing Workout by J. Cole. <laughs> Work out for me, work out for me. Oh, gosh, I love that song. Uh, what else? What were, like, good 2001 hits? Oh. Um, was Akon still going? Oh, shit, I don't even... I don't know. Uh, what about... Was it uh, the fucking... Early Drake, no? Yes, definitely Early Drake. Definitely. Uh, um, The Take Care album was about to be out or had just been out, and, like, <laughs> me and my friend would go... <laughs> started to do it myself <laughs> i would you know because like i practice in the mirror yeah like practice the mirror or even you know when you're like you know when they're like hitting it from the back you like <laughs> so i actually did this like last week where i was like you know laying you know in that position uh-huh. and then you're like you're trying to make your butt and like your hips and like flop flop floppiness <laughs> so tell me know. why this, this was not even that long ago it was with the guy i was just talking to the phone on the phone with like um he was like one time he was fucking me he's like yo throw it back <laughs> I, I felt so embarrassed being this like mexican girl with a big butt that was living in the bronx that just didn't know how to fucking like throw it back that i was like oh no i can't do that it hurts because <laughs> like when someone's like super well endowed you know like how it hits your cervix like super painful and i was just like oh no it hurts but it wasn't because it was it was hurting because he wasn't even that big it was just because i didn't know <laughs> you didn't have to throw it back throw it back and it was like because it's there's a certain like friction that is created when you're throwing it back it's very similar to twerking like when it's just you know you're in your flow and i couldn't get <laughs> 
fucking just like clappity claps and macaroni and cheese and um, that wop. <laughs> I couldn't get the wop. The wop. The wop sound. Wop, but I you had the, the but the sound. The sound. The sound that goes with the wop. It just like it just felt like really inauthentic. It felt really forced. I don't think I've ever felt so white in my life. <laughs> times where I've been very drunk where I've had like guys like finger me <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> on the dance floor. And that's what he did. Which oh, was he did that. He did that. Did he it get did you that. off though? Yeah no he did. And then we went to the um where did we go? We went to the bathroom. And then like you do it on the dance floor and then you you know you go and try to be slick and then so you do it in the fucking bathroom but then you people are fucking banging on the door because they have to fucking pee because they're fucking fucked up. So <laughs> That reminds me last year when I was with my ex, like him and I, you remember that when we went to brunch? Yeah, yeah. And I went my birthday? <laughs> yeah, your my birthday. My birthday brunch. Birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys were in the bathroom for how? Were you guys like, <laughs> that's a thing. We went to the bathroom. The thing is, you were so fucked up and your best friend was so fucked up. Everybody was so fucked up. We all were. That you guys overestimated the time that we were in there, first of all. Second it of felt all, like a long time though. It was like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was twenty minutes, but we didn't even fuck in there. We were just making out. We were just making out, and we were gonna fuck. But then, like, you kept calling me, and and you know why? You guys oh, wanted to leave. You guys wanted to leave because it was boring. Because it was after the brunch. Right. Yeah. No, it was dead. I don't remember uh, that I kept on calling you. That's yeah, you how- called. You, you called me a couple times, and you're like, "Where are you guys?" Right. Like, you, yeah. You, yeah. But you, oh, you said yeah. it. You said it so politely, like it was like a, like a <laughs> safety check thing. Like, are you guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, we should go. Uh, and then after that, you know what happened? He started puking and stuff. So my my friskiness was uh, very mm. short lived. Yeah. No, because like, because you know we were all waiting for you guys, and then you know <laughs> she went. Other person went out and was like talking to all oh, the girl that you work with, right? Yeah. At your school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was work. She not working. She was like, um, she called her new partner. Or was it her no, former partner? No, her still. Oh well, last her, partner that she was still yeah, dating yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, sister, and was like, 
that, wait, Whatever. his sister? His sister, yeah. Why? And talking about him because of his, like, gambling issue that she recently <laughs> found out about. It's a lot of messy things. Okay, so we are actually uh, eight minutes in, and we've been talking a lot of shit, but thank you for listening to us. I am, you said my name already. You actually said my name. I said your full government name. No, my first name. Oh, Nora? No, you said, no, you didn't say, you didn't call me Nora. I didn't, I didn't even hear it. When did you, I say you, it? You said it, though. I'm sure I did. You did. We'll uh, edit that out. Um. So this, we are called, our podcast is Don't Tell Our Mothers, or Don't Tell Our Moms, not don't Mothers. Don't Tell Our Moms. Don't Tell Our Moms. I don't, don't even Don't Tell Our Madras. How do you say um mom in Farsi? Uh, in Farsi, I think it. I say more that or so it, like I call my mom also mommy or uh-huh. or um, mommy uh-huh. or more that it like depends on like Congress. you know yeah or like how you're feeling like you know if you're like pissed at her like no more that <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about you know <laughs> type shit so it like depends but yes it we are don't tell our moms 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 i think the point of like us having a podcast as you know we've talked about at like before it's just like this whole um idea that we have about um talking about ourselves in a way that's really forthcoming and like super authentic right but also like we hold on to some level of you know like we make it a confidential space because they're in being brown girls, right, and being Mexican and being Afghani, like, there's so much to lose and so much at stake around, like, our relationships with our family and stuff. So it's really a space for us to speak about some of the stuff that we go through and yet, like, keep things um, lighthearted, keep things private right, in the best way that we can. Right. Because also the name of this episode is A Catholic and a Muslim Walk into a Bar and... I would say we're feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> I think the goal, too, is, like, every time we, like, record something, we do it drunk or tipsy, you know? <laughs> right. we, uh, so we don't just, tell our moms. Don't tell our moms. Um, you and I met through work. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were speaking about earlier today. It took – we we were – I don't know if we were cool from the get-go. We were cool, but, like, we didn't get to know each other until maybe a year <sighs> in. Yeah, no, but I remember this one instance. I said something mean? No, you didn't say oh, anything mean. No, no, you didn't something say anything mean. Something was said about me? No, 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 oh, okay, no. Good. It was, I remember, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this girl. It was like, um, we were at, or the first, the place, like, we were all oh, at yeah, first yeah. before it merged. And so it was like, I think it was me, you, and someone else. Uh-huh. And, um... I don't know. I was. I think I was talking about grad school, or I was talking about something, and I was saying like, "Oh, like I'm not the type of person to like confront people and stuff like that." And we're like, "Oh no!" When like something happens, like I, I like I'm very like forthcoming, and I like call yeah. it out and shit like that. I was like, "Oh, okay, damn!" Like this. That's is, good for you, bitch. Yeah, that's good for you. You're the little feisty. I don't know if I. I'm like I can fuck with you, you know, yeah. or whatnot. And so, it's interesting too because I think that's like a pretty accurate, like description of who I am, but also not. Because it's, like, I'm super forthcoming, like, if something upsets me, but also not. Like, sometimes I, like, definitely retreat. Right. And I think the other interesting thing, too, with, like, that specific situation, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that we had that conversation in front of a white person. Right. Because white people feel very comfortable to, quote, unquote, like, calling people out. But it's, like, what does it mean for a person of color to walk, like, call somebody out versus, like, a white person to walk into those spaces? 
why am I having deja vu right now? Like, I feel like you've, you've said this to me before. No, no, no. I Like, no, I definitely agree. Um, I guess, again, like, that's, you know, this is my first job out of grad school. Yeah. And I was, like, what, 23 at the time. And, like, yeah. I was still, like, you know, you, le- you learn, you live and you learn. And so I was tr- still trying to figure stuff out and, like, how to use my voice and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And you were very, like, no, I'm about this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I was, like damn she's a little scary like i don't know and it's so interesting too because it's like it took me a lot of like inner work to get to a place where i felt comfortable doing that right and there are times where i still feel uncomfortable doing that and now that we're like best friends you know how anxious i get and like how much thought actually goes into me speaking my truth right and there's a lot of times when i speak my truth and my voice quivers right and it's just interesting that I may sometimes not put that at the forefront of who I am, but it's like speaking your truth, like that's not some easy shit. No. And furthermore, I feel like people walk into spaces in different ways because I have seen you speak your truth and I have seen you more than I oftentimes call out things because I call out things yeah. in, in a certain way and with, with things that I feel very strongly about. I feel like you will call out a bunch of things and you're very forthcoming. And I don't think that you even realize how upfront you are and direct you are because you, there's a, there's a softness about you in the way that you speak and the way that you carry yourself. And I think that like, maybe at that time you weren't aware of the strength that you had in your voice, mm-hmm. but it was there. Don't even cry. <laughs> I'm fucking cry. I see that in you. Because there, there have been, you know, like we have yeah. clinical supervision, right. social workers, and right. I've seen you more than anybody in in that space. Like be, you know, like super true. Like you don't have to speak a lot to say a lot. You're right. one, of the, one of those type of people. And second of all, like what you say is a hundred and ten percent authentic. And like the thing I have learned from you, and it was something that was true to me, but I feel like life kind of like gnawed at me in terms of that is that I don't I shouldn't have to say things to you in an aggressive way in terms of social justice stuff for you to understand right I should be able to say it and like if you give a fuck you will like take that message and I feel like that's very true about you that you don't um there's no need in for you to there's no need in you to like call people out or like be um you know this person that's like overly you know assertive or overly direct like you can say things in the way that you need to say them and it's clear how you feel right but sometimes i feel like i mean i think it's because i've gotten really like comfortable because we've been here like what this is our fourth year yeah um coming up but sometimes i feel like i get like really passionate and i like i don't know i lose my train of thought and like i kind of sound aggressive because at one moment like um, so I was back home in Virginia, that's where I'm from, and so I was in one of our Zoom meetings, and or whatever, whichever it was, and my sister was like, why are you yelling? Why are you, why do you sound like you're so aggressive? I was like, I don't know, I just, that's just how yeah. I talk. Yeah. So, I don't know, I feel like when it comes to, like, matters that I really care about, I get very, like, passionate, yeah. and, like, you can tell by my voice, even, like, um, last, last week. week. Yeah. Like, I get very passionate and like also um side note I'm I'm very into astrology so my Gemini rising (laughs) it comes out and it's like I'm very and then also like I don't know if anyone cares but my Mercury and um 
my Mars is in Scorpio. So like Scorpios have Scorpios. Spicy. Yes, spicy. Like I come, I come out and it's like, again, it just comes out to my whole thing is a community yeah. and caring about people yeah. and how you see people. Yeah. And it's like everyone, and my whole thing was like flesh, blood, bones, whatever, blah, 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 blah. What? Like, you're aware of all of those other things. But, again, like, it comes down to us being. And I think that's that's what, like, again, sets you apart as a human being is that you're so aware of, like, um, you know, societal ills. You're so forthcoming about um, social justice and, like, your feelings around social justice issues. And yet um, people may misconstrue your intentions or may make assumptions that you're one of those all lives matter kind of bitch and that's couldn't be farther from the case in terms of how you you know carry yourself but i think what it is is that you're pointing out you know certain levels of marginalization within different communities and yet the root cause for you caring so much is because you believe in you know the value of human life and and like having a level of humanity for others and that's not to say that you know, right. we're all made the same or that we all bleed red. Like that's, that couldn't be further from the case of what you see. Right. But you like can know and you can pinpoint that there's something intrinsically beautiful about human experience mm-hmm. and the fact that we have to value human experience. And that is why you're a social worker. And that right. is why you do what you do. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, we're all trying to sur- survive and live a life that's meaningful and making meaning of it um and you saying that that reminds me of again in grad school where i've like told you guys before of um what this girl asian girl telling me that um that i'm sympathetic towards white people and that um i have a lot of i guess yeah sympathy towards white people and and she could never deal with that and blah 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 and it goes back to what you were saying about how I am and just in general. Like, that you operate under a lens of kindness and warmth. Right. right. And, yet, and yet we are so aware and we are, you know, so mindful of the fact that, like, not everyone deserves kindness and not everyone right. deserves warmth. The moment that you are, you know, marginalizing someone or, you know, taking away from someone or not listening to someone speak their truth is the moment that I cannot treat you with that uh, basic level of human decency. I can understand, you know, these movements that are very rooted in altruism that make it so that um, we, um, you know, we operate again under a level or under a lens of kindness and we give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that there is an issue within cancel culture that we like, oftentimes just like attack at people and eat at people. We don't let people explain themselves. And I, and although I am sympathetic with that and I understand that that is oftentimes not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also will say that there is a level of like being able to gauge, right? Like mm-hmm. I can, I, I can give you the benefit of the doubt. I can try to show you, I have a level of privilege. That I can try to show you the way right. and like make you aware of things because certain communities and certain groups of people shouldn't have to do that emotional labor. And right. I am aware of that as a person that has a level of privilege within education or mm-hmm. within whatever it is that it, I, you know, identify as. Um, so it's kind of like making amends or like finding balance in like, 
you know, we want to create a more just world and there are people in this world that may be able to redirect whiteness and may be able to like make, uh, you know, folks aware of certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and I will hold space for you, but I'm also not your fucking mother. And <laughs> I'm also not gonna just sit here and let you say spew racist shit to me mm -hmm. either, you know? Don't tell her moms, no. Um, yeah, no, I think it goes again with the, um, like, the social work lens that we have, like, meeting yeah. people where they're at. But also some people are just, I mean, it, again, it goes with your, like, own shit. Like, how much are you trying to own your own shit and mm -hmm. be, like, reflective of your own, like, mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, but um, side note, whatever. So we are both social workers. Um, we work at the same job. Uh, we've known each other, what, almost four years now? Going on four years. Yeah. God bless. God bless. I'm going to cry. I dr I've been drinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's a Friday night. Um, we will probably always record on Fridays and upload on Mondays as, like, you know, a start to a new week. If you listen to us and you like us and welcome to our YouTube YouTube channel, subscribe. I don't know. All the all the good stuff, all, all the, the things. Cool. I mean, I think like there's such power in community, and there's such power in like taking time to have uncomfortable conversations, right. having conversations with folks that you know are not often talked about, and they're not talked about for a reason, right? Because we should redirect our, um, you know, focus on things that matter, and I think right. oftentimes like stories um within uplifting blackness and uplifting you know um certain identities certain, you know especially when we, when we think about like what it means like politically right now right like in in the middle of this election and stuff like there's not a lot of room for us to be focused focusing on nuances because people's livelihoods are at stake right so being able to have you know space to um you know, outside of our nine to five where we're focusing on what we need to focus on. And when we're doing things that really matter, right. um, like having the space to kind of like bounce ideas um, and, you know, like pose questions, I think think is powerful while also taking accountability for a lot of, you know, our shit and taking right. accountability for a lot of, you know, things that we need to work mm. on as right. people is important. Yeah, it's like, talking about it but then what do you do like after being solution talking? based yeah solution based definitely problem solving like yes this is an issue and like actually talking about it yeah. and being you know forthcoming and being authentic and raw about it and not you know beating around the fucking bush yeah you know and i think that a lot of stuff in regards to you know race class you know even xenophobia like you know lgbtq issues and stuff is just about like let's uplift the the voices of those who matter and then you know take the time to process your own shit and i think a lot of the time you know um people who do care right quote unquote do care do want to learn some of these things they don't have a space to unlearn these things because those things should not and cannot be at the forefront of these social justice movements. They should not be at the forefront. Mm -hmm. But yet, where do you undo some of the stupid shit that you have learned? Right. You can learn it by yourself, right? You can sit with yourself, reflect. Uh -huh. But what does it mean to hold space and actually think about those things as a group? 
I mean, I feel like that goes back to your thing about, like, cancel culture. Yeah. Too. Like, yeah, you can cancel someone. But also, like, I feel like life is an ever, you know, existing, like, lifelong learning process. Yes. Yeah. So you live and you learn. Yeah. And you, like, I've... When I was a teenager, I always said so, so many fucking Stupid shit. shit. Yeah. Oh, don't look at my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, like my status and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I talked about, like, so are you going to cancel me? Because I've said that. Like I said yeah. that when I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And I'm, I'm now I'm a 27-year-old woman. Yeah. Like, what are you, like, you going to do? Like, cancel me because of what I said then? Yeah. Like, and, I, and I think that, like, what I love about what you just said is it poses this, like, the same question around, like, how can we make amends with shit that we have said or done while also taking the time to like do this kind of work in a way that's more introspective and that like the focus is on the communities that matter so a podcast is a cool format because Mm -hmm. you can listen to it you can do some processing you can do some you know community building around what it means to be an imperfect human while also like recognizing that like, you know, I'm not gonna devote all of my energy to this because there are people and things that matter more. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think oftentimes people are interested in growing as people and they don't take the time to grow. And I feel like now with like, I don't know, social media age, like you can't really, grow with that like people always are calling you out on your shit which is like good yeah they're calling you out on your shit but like okay they call you out on your shit and then you live and you learn from that but then can you come back from the shit you were talking about right and what you said you know right no i fully agree and i think i I keep coming back to the same idea because it's like um it's kind of like creating a space for people who recognize that they're imperfect people and they have internalized all these isms and they're trying to actively undo them. And what does it mean to like, like work toward allyship and in a real way, because a lot of people want to be allies, but they don't want to take the time to unlearn their own mess. And so it's kind of like recognizing the human experience and like our human shortcomings while also recognizing that like, this is a personable type of thing that one needs to work on, right? Right. Like this is a space where you can be authentic in the shit that you have done that is wrong and that you still are trying to figure out and yet you know yourself and you value yourself as a person enough that you want to work toward like like changing that narrative. Right. And also like, and taking accountability for who you are while like, you know, not, not putting that responsibility on more marginalized folks. Um, yeah, um, yeah, no, but then it goes back to, like, um, again, I'm going to say that a lot, but, like, live and you, you live and you learn, but then um, when people come at you a certain way and are like, oh, you did this and you that and you said this and that, and then, like, you're canceled or yeah. whatever. yeah. It's like we hold human beings to an impossible standard almost. And yet that's important, right? It's not not important to hold people to an impossible standard, but it is important to undo 
the core of the issue and the core of the issue is racism the core of the issue you know is homophobia transphobia right. so these are important things to address i'm glad that they came up but like how do you grow as a person that wants to do yeah. better because there are people that don't give a fuck and they're just gonna be racist sexist whatever and that's it right there's that's right. their own identity they don't give a fuck but there are people that actually recognize this about themselves and are able to say i fucked up how do i be better right yeah exactly and i think that's what this podcast is about yeah. just like i you know i'm not trying to take away space from anybody else that whose space matter matters more right now but i am yeah. trying to be better yeah. you know something i was talking to my siblings in our group chat the other day is like you know, just stuff with my mom about she's definitely a single cause voter. <laughs> and just like you know, you know the story about just just some of the she's radicalized by YouTube. Just some crazy shit. Some insane shit. Uh-huh. That's very painful for me and my siblings to talk about. But you know, we were we were saying like my brother was saying to my sister, you know, like we're all imperfect people. Like mm-hmm. you were a Republican, like eight years ago and she was like oh okay. your sister yeah she was like okay but i never voted republican she was like i was republican on financial um i feel for- like that's always what it yeah, is yeah they always say that anyways but it was so interesting because she was like you know you know that's the reason i was that and i commented back or i replied mm-hmm. back you know she has this thing when she fucks up driving she always says we have learned from our mistakes like if she takes a wrong turn she's like we have learned from our mistakes and so i said that in the group chat and it's you know like she has grown so much like through this election through this last election she has grown so much as a person and like you know just is like so informed in terms of social issues and just like has done so much in terms of like educating herself and stuff and I was telling her, like, you know, I've seen a growth in you. And she recognizes that within herself. Um, and, um, you know, we all are like that. Like, we're all, you know, trying to be better and do better. Does the mic come back? Oh, huh? Does the mic come back? Yeah, the mic is connected. <laughs> the mic. So we didn't have the mic connected before. We, t- <laughs> we took a little um, pause. A little breaky break. Breaky break, because we both had to pee from... All the alcohol that we are consuming. <laughs> right. Um, I was talking about my sister and the election and, you know, Republican right. and growing or uh, learning from one mis- one's mistakes. Right. Um, <laughs> I was like, we're going to talk a lot about our family. Again, um, emphasis on our podcast being called Don't Tell Our Moms. Because um, we were also going to tell, we were also going to name it potentially Don't Tell Our Moms We Drink. Because, you know. Both of our mothers do not love the fact that we are high-functioning alcoholics. Um, but no, like, right. so, so. I mean, I told you did I, I told you about the story about my mom. I mean, my mom knows that I drink. Don't tell my dad. How about that? <laughs> Remember I told you? Like, it was my cousin's um, engagement party. And um, I was, like, just joking with my mom. Uh-huh. And I was like. Because it was, like, an open bar or yeah. something. And I was like, oh, um, can I go to drink? And she, can I go and get a drink? And yeah. she was like, as long as no one sees you doing it. Like, like don't embarrass me. Yeah, bitch. don't embarrass me. And that's the whole thing. Like, with Afghan culture, it's a very, like, oh, like, I don't want people to talk about you. And I don't want people to talk on our name. You know what like, the Spanish equivalent of that, of mm-hmm. that is? No quiero pasar vergüenza. Don't make me fucking embarrass, bitch. Like, just don't make me feel embarrassed. Yeah, or her thing is like, um, 
not a bad. I don't even know if I've seen it. Like, I'm Lord. <laughs> so I'm turned, guys. No, it's like, Kase Kharab Gabizan for you. Like, I don't want anyone to talk bad about you. Type mm, like, I don't want you anybody know? to speak on your name. Yeah, exactly. Like, speak on your name type. Very, like, New York. <laughs> so we are we are based in New York. Um, I am originally from Northern Virginia. That's why I do not have a nor- uh, northern accent. I do not have a southern accent. Okay, <laughs> I don't consider myself from the fucking south. Um, I'm from the D.C. area, and then you are from. I'm from Oregon, about an hour away from uh, Portland. So, um, definitely do not have a New York accent either. Um, Definitely have a Mexican accent, I feel like. Well, we talked about that earlier, about my Mexican accent. I feel like in being in the Bronx so long, like, and, I'm, we're, and having so many Dominican and Puerto Rican clients, even that's been, like, questionable. But I'm very proud. I'm very proud. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, going back to my sister, she did a lot of work. She's grown as a person. And something I will say, like, going back to this idea of cancel culture and stuff, like, the you know, I said, you know, in that message, I said, we have learned from our mistakes, blah, blah, blah. And I also said, you know, like, no one can say anything about me. Like, I've always been super authentic about my political beliefs and blah, blah, blah. And the fact that I just do not align myself with, you know, whiteness and just, like, systems that oppress any type of marginalized people. But also, you can say that from 2011, from 2011 to 2015, I like white men. Can you shoot me over that? You know, so it's like we are perfect people. People, you know, like come on. From 2011 to 2015, I was pressed about a white man. So it's like you know, we all have our our fucking skeletons in the closet, if you will. That's all. I mean, and you know, and 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 me saying that, I feel like the reason that you're laughing is because like that is like an absurd thing nowadays for me. Like, knowing what you know about me, I would never... I think for both of us, though, because, <laughs> again, our first... Again, it comes down to, like, where we were, like, raised and stuff like that, and, like, just the kind of men we attracted. But, yeah, no, my first boyfriend was white. Oh. And then... <laughs> Bar. Gag, 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 gag. Okay. And then, but then you come to New York, and you're older and stuff like that, and then you got other men who like you for your are body. interested in and you yeah, want to be with you. what you look like and also like how you are and i don't know white men are very like I don't know. disgusting <laughs> no but <laughs> like disgusting. yes but like yes disgusting though maybe a little bit i just i feel like in terms of dating white men i don't i don't know like i i there's an inherent power dynamic that happens as you know like as a person of color um being in a relationship with the white person, not even a white man, but with a white person. And it's like, I live those experiences every single day as a, as a woman of color. And so I don't want that in my romantic relationships. I don't want that dynamic. That's all. It's, it's not throwing shade at anybody in particular. It's just acknowledging the fact that I do not want to align myself with whiteness within a relationship. Who's texting you? Sorry. Talk about that on our podcast. Just FYI, me and my homegirl, CC. So she used my not real name; it's not my government name. But uh, CC and I, um, what am I saying? But uh, 
yes, we do not really engage with white men. But no, Moroccan is texting me, and he was, I was saying, like, how me and you are starting a podcast. And, like, he was like, oh, what is it about? And I was like, oh, you know, just about us being two different brown women. And he was like, what the fuck, you white, sorry, you white, not black. You Because he said, then he said Blanco. You Blanco, you're from the Caucasus Mountains, basically Swedish looking. He yeah, said that he, to he you? Said that to me. And I was like, I'm not white. He's like, you fake as hell. I was like, what the fuck? No. He's like, oh, little JK, you're just the, you're just beautiful the way you are. Trying to like fucking, you know. That's the thing too. Like you will date men of color, and they they themselves oftentimes will align them like align themselves with whiteness. You know what I mean? Or they like right. light skinned women, or they, you know. And it's like, I mean, he's North African, and he, I feel like he's lighter than me. Yeah. Um, but also the fact to say. Sure, you know, I fucking, if anyone listening knows anything about Northern Virginia, yes, Northern Virginia is very white. So, yes, I sound white, and, but I'm not white, like, there's a difference, like, my culture, how I grew up, elementary school, like, my last, my first and last name, it was not a white girl first and last last name, like, um. Your hair is a big thing. My hair, yes, just. You know, I was a little chunky girl, you know? Yeah. I've always been a little chunky girl. And the fact that, um, what is it? Uh, you know, like, all the girls that I grew up with, they're, like, white girls, you know, blonde hair, yeah. blue eyes, yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, dark hair, dark eyes. Um, and then I remember this one instance where, like, this girl, she was, like, one of the popular girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. She came over to my house and then... The next day, she told people, like, it smelled bad. What the fuck? You know, because, you know, like, the how your parents, like, you know. Cooking. Cook yeah. This little fucking bitch. Right, yeah. What is she doing nowadays? That's what I want to know. I actually don't know. I have not looked up. Or... She's going to hell. That's what. I think her name was, um, I think her first name was Allison. Fuck you, Allie. Suck our dick, bitch. <laughs> Allison. You racist ass hoe. Yeah, no, yeah. Again, it's like when you grow up and you're like little and all you're like a surrounded with are like it's white and white people, like you don't know better. Like, you know, and it's so interesting that you bring up that up because, like, I am. You know, in, in living in the Bronx and like having the experience of like aligning myself with uh, certain communities and also being a woman of color and be having the privilege of like you know um working with um people of color like i i my best friend and i met in college um and you know i live with her mom now and something that she said to me growing up and she's dominican and she's um a very light-skinned black dominican woman and she had to learn about her blackness you know as a grown adult and something that she said to me though is that she never felt the whole quote-unquote minority status thing. She never called herself a minority because she was well aware that people of color make up a majority within the context of, like, you know, the world and our, you know, like, world population and stuff. And just living in the Bronx, like, it was all black and brown people. So she was very aware of just um, being a woman, a young woman of color. And, you know, there were a lot of things around anti-blackness that she had to undo as a Dominican woman and just like culturally and stuff. And she's very attuned to those things and she's very proud 
you know, of her blackness and she had to learn about her blackness. But um, it was a really interesting conversation because I, I was thinking back to that, like me growing up in the community, a small town in Oregon that I grew, grew up in, like I had a lot of people that looked like me growing up. But at the same time, it was like a 50-50 thing where there was like maybe 50% of my community was Mexican and the other 50% was white. And like how cool would it have been to have grown up with just people of color like she did. And so she didn't have that like that, you know, that complex around race. Like, yes, she knew that as a woman of color, she was ostracized in a certain way and that, you know, like there's an issue around anti-blackness that she had to unlearn as a Latinx person and as an Afro-Latina woman. But like she was firm in her identity as a person of color. There were things that she had to undo because of white supremacy, but she was firm in her identity as a person of color. And I'm, I think back to like my, my, you know, like growing up, how cool it would have been to have had that. Like I almost had that, but I didn't fully have that. You know? No, yeah. Again, like it's. You, I I know you saying like your town was very like white and Mexican. I feel I I think there is only one other Afghan girl um, in my school mm-hmm. for the most part, besides my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just goes back to like what you're exposed to and yeah. who's around and yeah. like. Again, you're young and you're like you just want to fit in. You want and that's like why people you. align themselves with whiteness, right. Nora. You know, <laughs> that is true. Like that's right. why people align no, themselves because you're calling me Nora. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make amends. I really want to edit out your name. Like no, I don't feel like I it's a big deal, it. but um, no. I mean, your fake your name is like not your name, so technically it could have been your name in this, but. Um, Should we talk about why we're doing that? Did we talk about why we're doing that? No, not yet. Okay. Um, just the fact, uh, I guess just the fact that we want to be very authentic and we don't, um, I don't know, we don't want to, I don't know, just. We don't want to take away from the fact that we have these very real identities in this, like, outside world that, you know, like, saying certain things come with consequences within our family dynamics, you know? Yeah, like. Again, if anyone is listening and they're Afghan and they're brown or you know what it is, or Muslim, yeah, yeah, like I respect where I come from, I respect my people, I love my mom, I love my dad, I love like my family and stuff like that. But like the way that I live my life is not very, you know, Afghan or Muslim or like you know, like a nice all jizz girl, all jizz is like quiet, uh-huh. like you know, uh-huh. like. Mild mannered, very mild mannered girl. So, I mean, I know Farsi. Well, well, it's not technically. I guess Farsi is more like Iranian, mm-hmm. but it's like daddy Farsi. Like, mm-hmm. if anyone listens to it, they, I don't know, give a shit. But um, I know Farsi a little bit, or I know, I know it. I can yeah. understand it. Yeah. Um, I speak it, but it's very like shikista, which is like broken. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, then again, it's like. It goes back to like I wanted both of us wanting to be authentic and speaking our truth, but then it comes to the consequence of like us being like from where we are in our culture, and then if our parents hear us saying like certain things, then like you know drinking, sex, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think like 
that's a really big part of like being Mexican and Catholicism and growing up in a home that was like so much, you know, so religious, like, you know, this issue about like, you know, sex before marriage is like a make or break situation. And so like, you know, I want to be able to talk freely about, you know, me being a, a sexual person and also me being a woman of color and that how that aligns aligns with, you know, this this identity of, of like being a woman of color. And I feel like oftentimes we don't have the opportunity to talk about that when we grow up in a super conservative home. Right. You know, um, and being in like women, you know, women in, as opposed to men who may have some of that, you know, as men of color and growing up in a conservative home, but not to the extent of us as women. And then also us, us as queer women, right? Like us, like, like that's that's a whole other thing, you know. Like me being bi, me me seeing myself as a gender non-conforming uh, person, like you know, queer woman. Like I could never have that conversation with my parents. That would never be a topic of discussion. I would never. There's no coming. I and I say this to my siblings all the time. There's no coming out story for me. Right. That like that's not within the narrative of my life because like I, I have so much to lose and that's not to say that I don't want to live an authentic life but that is to say like I don't have the same amount of opportunity to speak on those things without it being like a really detrimental thing in my life and I feel like for you it's a little similar in that way like it comes with a lot like you know especially in Islam like I don't know I mean I want to say like no matter what, I mean, I feel like my mom is more understanding than my dad is. But no matter what, if I was like, oh, no, I'm bisexual and I find females attractive, blah, blah, blah. I think that's really different. But then also it comes down to my whole thing is like I had that like, you know, like sexual abuse yeah. as a young person, young person, as a kid, as a child, as a child, child. A fucking young person, but as a fucking child, by another female, another so like, girl, yeah. another girl. So like, what does that say, and like, how does that, you know, play out in my own life? Yeah, because there's this, you know, this this conversation that comes up, you know, whether we, you know, see it as truth or not, around like, do our traumas impact our sexual orientation, right. our gender orientation, and it's like. I think that sometimes a gender or a sexual identity makes you feel more safe or maybe you're drawn to something. But at the same time, like, you know, a lot of this, the understanding is that a lot of this stuff is biological, right? But when you're given the room to experience some of these things and like hold space for yourself, then you learn about yourself. But I think, you know, regardless of if that impacted you or not, like you have every right to be who you are and there's no shame in being attracted to who you are attracted to and i think that points more toward uh, a lot of these things are just inherently biological but even if you were impacted you know what i'm saying like by something that happened to you you have every right to be who you are because you didn't choose you at no point in time chose these things to happen to you you didn't choose to be this in this way and it's like you know you are who you are and you love who you are, who you love and right. it's like there's no there's 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 just this deep this understanding around like 
oh well that's that doesn't you know that's not that's not godly that's not of god and right. you know it's like you know what is not of god abusing a child that's that's <laughs> fucking dirty fuck you for that <laughs> but me liking who i like me being attracted to who I, yeah. how, how like you know who i am and how i am like that doesn't have to do anything with someone like explicitly you know abusing a child right and even if that person that abused another child is a child that you know we like you have said so graciously and have been so um like so mindful of that around like you don't, you know, you don't even blame the other child. You you blame the, the dynamics within that household right. that have made that child susceptible to victimizing yeah. another child. Like, yeah, because how can you blame another child when they were also a victim of, like, that situation? And, like, where does that come from? Because everything comes from something, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not like they just come about and just, you know, yeah. fucking abuse you. No, yeah. it comes from it stems from somewhere. Yeah. So how can you really I mean you can be angry, but again it's like the source. Like yeah. why, what is the source? Who wasn't um, protecting who? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's like I think the the like final thing is just like when we talk about, you know, sexual like a sexual orientation and a gender identity, it's like that shouldn't bear any like any kind of weight on who you are because you know you already went through something really challenging right you already went through this trauma and then to feel attracted to who you're attracted to or see yourself as what you see yourself as that's so painful like what that's another form of me being victimized right. for who i am and what i see yeah. myself as or like yeah or me having to feel like shame shame or like hiding who I really am. Because, again, our whole podcast is about being our authentic, true selves. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, again, how, like, I don't know, over, I don't know, um, exaggerated that is and how people always say that. But I'm trying to be my true, authentic, authentic self. But I feel like that's what we're trying to do. Like, like yeah. again, like, we're two different brown women. But, again, like, like being having those, like, hard conversations about, like, Things that, like, fucking reality, which like, is true, yeah. you know? Things that happen to right. you, how you feel about yourself, right. how you see yourself. And sorry if I sound a certain way. I drank too much. <laughs> Again, don't tell our moms. <laughs> but no, I, I feel the same way. I think it's, like, a really interesting conversation. And it's, like, also um, important to really think critically about how to hold space for oneself right because you're again coming back to what we spoke about earlier you're an imperfect person trying to you know find your way it's not easy and what does it mean to just find your own truth and also stick by that right and then being able to just like speak your truth and not feeling like oh if i say this and that like someone will think this or that about me or like this will get back to this person and things like that it's like it's it's exhausting yeah it's tiring of like having to feel like you have to hide yourself and like and what you said exactly what you have um said to me before which is this idea around like you're constantly living a double life yeah and that was going to be one of our 
one of our names. Um, yeah. Brown brown girls living adult life. Because so, sometimes, it, I mean, because we live far away from our family. So it's yeah. easy to live the life that we want to live. But, like, when you go back to where you're from, like, how can you really live the life and, like, speak your truth and who you really are? You almost have to make yourself small all over again. Right. Yeah. So, like, how can you really... I mean, so I'm really, sorry, CC. CC's not very into, like, so I'm very into, like, um, spiritual readings or, like, psychic readings and, like, tarot and just, like, astrology readings and stuff like that. And I had a reading where, like, I've been told that I would end up with a woman. But mm-hmm. that, the thing is, like, I don't think I could ever see myself ending, ending up with a woman because of how my family is, yeah. you know? I feel like I could, I don't wanna, like, both of my parents are alive, like, thank God, like, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Jesus, Almighty, <laughs> everything, you know? Bless Allah, bro. Allah, Allah, thank you. Um, but, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I feel like if I would eventually, if I did, like, ever become, you know, with a woman, blah, blah, whatsoever, like, I think eventually my mom would be understanding, but if my dad was still around and stuff like that, I don't think so. Like, mm-hmm. also, I think it goes back to like the fact like I don't want to. Dis- it's not that I'm like yes, I used to be very like scared of my parents, but also I don't want to disappoint them. Like I'm, yeah. I'm the oldest daughter of I guess three now. Mm-hmm. So if we count that three. And so, like, my mom always comes to me for things and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I just, yeah, I don't want to disappoint. I, like, I love them and they've done everything that they could even through their own, like, trauma and their own bullshit. And my mom has been through a lot of shit. And, like, I understand why she acts the way that she does. But it's like, it's my life. It's my own life. And I don't have to live it a certain way because of other people. Yeah. You know? And, you know, that makes me think so much about the intersectionality of things because, right. you know, a black trans woman, you know, or, or even a trans woman of color, they have to go through both of those things, being being a woman of color and also being a trans woman of color, right? And what that, what that looks like and what that means. And I think that for me as, you know, um, a cis, quote-unquote, a cis-appearing uh, presenting woman, like, um i hold space within my brownness i hold space within my racial identity you know unapologetically and i'm very firm about that but in terms of being queer like that and coming from the family that i come from i don't have the ability to like i said there is no coming out story for me like i um i've spoken at this about this at length with my siblings you know i've asked them to talk you know like call me by my preferred pronouns and that was really empowering you know I asked them to use they pronouns with me she and they pronouns and like it just felt like um and they were able to like my brothers especially my sister is super respectful but my brothers like were able to make jokes about it and that like you know it like at least gave me like this sense of like them trying to like work with it and just like make it a light-hearted thing and that felt good um and like I would never be able to do that with anybody else, you know, like I would never be able to do that with my, like my, the rest of my family or like, uh, yes with my cousins, but never with my parents or like my, 
el the elders in my family and like even and then there's another layer even at work i don't want to be even seen in that way because like the way that you are read when you are you know align yourself with a certain sexual um, orientation or a certain gender identity is so different. I don't give a fuck who says it. Like when you're black or brown, like you live in your blackness or your brownness every day for the most part, right? There's some of us that have a lot of privilege in terms of our racial As we were talking about earlier, but like you get no, um, you get a little bit of that. No, you fucked me up. Um, ambiguity? <laughs> ambiguity? No. Ambu. No, stop, ambu don't, stop, 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 stop saying because then I'm fucking up. Um, racial ambiguity. Ambu but um what i was gonna say is like you know i just like i don't i don't know if i want to walk into workspaces like that because i feel like i've already had experiences where that's like been shot down at right so it's like i don't want to be the brown queer girl sometimes because that because it's like easy to be like a white queer girl and that's like your whole identity yeah. but then on top of being brown and you're and then doing and then doing all this like you know like you know homophobia in your life and this like you know like stereotypes around your gender and stuff like i don't you know what i mean like i'm happy to do that like with my people that are already holding space for me so my siblings my close friends like please respect my pronouns, call me they, call me, you know what I mean? Like, people that love me will do that, but I don't want to do that with, like, people that, you know what I mean, don't necessarily know me on that in that way. Like, I just don't. Like, that's not comfortable for me. And yet, sometimes, like, there's a lot of, like, when someone actually calls me by, you know, some of the pronouns I prefer, like, there's, you know, when people call me they like that 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 brings up something in me like that you know makes me feel really happy right um but i wouldn't you know what i mean i wouldn't ask that of anybody because i don't want to deal with what it means to ask right you know i'm gonna say i can't relate because <laughs> i feel like very female um and then you know but sometimes i feel like my outfits i feel like i look lesbian like i told you tonight i feel like i look very lesbian butch 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 lesbian but I, I wouldn't say that i'm butch or anything i would say very like feminine but i feel like also it depends on the season like right now it's fucking october Fall. yeah october almost november spooky season we're now in scorpio season about life and death um, yeah. So we're at 29 minutes. Ambiguity. There you go. <laughs> God bless. It's so free. I'm very, I'm more than you that I'm very racially ambiguous. There you go. Ambiguous. Um, <laughs> That's another thing, like language, like don't expect anything yeah. from us, bro. Like Sorry. we speak the way we speak. There are words that you don't know. Great. Um, I think low key, 
I'm dyslexic, you're dyslexic. <laughs> but also in Northern Virginia, they thought I, they put me in ESL because I fucking knew English, okay? <laughs> but I had a learning disorder and they were not aware. And this was like 95. Like, suck my dick, bro. I yeah, speak. Like, I know what I'm saying. Like, just, I, it's going to take me some time. Yes, like, like ESL, thank you very much. But not really. Bye. Okay, so, yeah, sure, we're still little bit dyslexic but that doesn't mean we don't we don't know english we don't know <laughs> we don't know we don't know i mean that shit and even if we did like don't judge someone just because they don't know english oftentimes they know like fucking five other languages so yeah. suck my dick bro. we both know two different languages okay and i took spanish in high school and college so uh yo quiero taco well <laughs> i speak spanish to you all the time and it's cool <laughs> right and i say there's something that you taught me in Farsi, like one time when we were really high at Target, I forgot. It was like something about like, <laughs> I love and accept you, it was something like that. Uh, we were buying hot Cheetos and it was something like... When were we buying hot Cheetos? <laughs> we were at Target, we were buying hot Cheetos. It was like way before, it was like literally last summer and we were with Jess and Maddie and we were at Target. Really? And then you told you I told can't me even remember. you taught me something about like I love and accept you because we're buying out Cheetos like I am who I am kind of statement. I mean, uh, like I love you or I like you, I care about you. I don't remember. Dose. I don't remember. It was literally like you said, like I love you, I accept you, and you taught me, and I was I was saying that to my siblings. Um, but yeah, like I think that like <laughs> as we close out, I. You know, something that we've talked a lot about is just what it means to welcome new beginnings, what it means to open oneself to different experiences and, like, push oneself for growth. And I think that, like, that is something that you and I are super interested in as, you know, women approaching their 30s and, like, finishing out their 20s and <laughs> just trying to be better people. Right. Yeah. No. Again, yeah. Um, I just turned 27. I'm a Libra. Hashtag. Libra gang. Gang, gang, gang. Gang. And you just turned 28, Virgo. Virgo. <laughs> you said that with really Virgo. mean attitude, like, fuck them Virgo. Virgos. No. But again, I'm very into astrology. Uh, CC not much. CC not too much. I was just I said, but that's a good, it like, starts with a C, so Yeah, I made it easy for you. Um, my rising is Aries, remember? Is it really? Yeah. Damn. Okay, I didn't see that fire sign. But then what's your moon? I No, my moon is Aries, and I think my rising is also Aries. Is it? I thought it was Libra. I thought you had some Libra. Oh, yeah, my rising is Libra. Okay. So, yeah, my, my moon so you have, is... So you have, you have earth, um, air, and fire. And I'm very... I'm earth, earth, and water. Cause you know what's so interesting, though, that I feel like in terms of, like, elements and stuff and what I know myself like about myself is that I most align myself with water and I've told you that water yeah yeah like deeply align myself with water so I don't know if there's like any kind of water in my sign maybe you have to see your like mercury and your mars so much so that it's kind of overwhelming like I don't think I've ever aligned myself with anything like in terms of elements more than water and like part of it has to do with the fact that I almost drowned when I was young and just like a lot of respect for water water beans cleansing and stuff right and I think that goes back to what we were saying about this podcast like starting starting fresh you know 
you know, like making amends with oneself, what it right. means to like cleanse the soul and just, I don't know, I feel like this is a really good opportunity to like see if any anybody else in this world connects with this idea of, of like, you know, what it means to try to do better for oneself and grow as a person. Right. Um, I remember when you were in Puerto Rico, you were talking about water. Yeah. And I know anytime I go in the shower, like, I'm in the shower, I say, like, thank you. You told water. me this. Yeah. 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 Thank you for cleansing, purifying, nurturing, protecting. And I don't know if there's something else, but yeah, just like the fact of water, of yeah. like how water is. Yeah. And like different cultures and how it is overall, yeah. all and like the, mm-hmm. the meaning of water. Yeah, I agree with you fully. I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think that's yeah. something that, you know, is to be explored. Right. So, water, growth, opportunities, yeah. and then come back, and we will talk about other <laughs> shit. All right, we'll talk about a lot of other shit. And again, we are too bad to brass. Too brown, I've, I've drank too much. Racial ambiguity. Ambiguity. Ambiguous. <laughs> Racially ambigu- ambiguous. There you go. <laughs> Racially ambi- ambiguous. Ambiguous. <laughs> okay, we're both brown, but she's a little darker than I am, but we're both brown. We both speak two different languages. So God bless. Kiss my ass. Like a dick, no, <laughs> Do you ever say to people, like, sometimes when I say suck my dick when I'm mad at someone, like, at a man, I'll also say lick my clit. Do you ever no, do that? No, no, I don't say, I don't say suck my dick, I say lick my dick. That's what oh, I say. Oh, I say suck my I dick, lick, lick my, my clit. No, I don't say anything about my clit, because a lot of men do not know how to lick dick. I mean, lick dick. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't know how to lick dick, they, they don't know how to lick clit, like, none of this. <laughs> None of this. So if they don't know how to lick dick or lick. Racial <laughs> ambiguity. Ambiguity, yeah. Ambiguous. Ambiguous, yeah. Goodbye. With their little, with their like different little dicky sizes. Dinglings. Their little dinglings. Yeah, I like to say that. Um, but I guess we will be, leave, live. We will leave you with our little drunken, drunken, um, I don't oh, know, spiel wisdom about like just think about like i guess the things in your life about the limitations and what you are really like authentic and honest about with like the people in your life and how that comes across um you want to ask add it add to it cc no that's everything you said it beautifully boo i did i really yes i love you I love you too and maybe love every time we like end it we say I love you. I love you. Through through light, through love, through God. (laughs) Okay, because we're both you know, our moms instilled fear into us. Even though for I mean we're both from what what are they called? Abrahamic Abrahamic religions. Yes. Low key fob born here, but our first language was um Farsi Daddy, whatever. So Thank you, my bachams, who are Afghans, for listening to me. And I'm like, this girl. Like, I want to say, adios, mi querubines. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> my mom always says that to me. What does that mean? What is it? Um, The little, the baby angels. What is that? Uh, chair, chair, cherubins. What is that? You know, like the, the little baby angels, bro. 
Bro, fucking You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know. Yes, you do, dude. No, I don't. Cherubin, cherubin. Cherubins? I don't know, no. Maybe the maybe the white tees will know. Cherub, a cherub. Do you know what a cherub is? Cherub, no. I don't know what a cherub is. Dude, yes, look, cherubs. They're angel babies, bro. My mom calls us her cherubs. Yeah, uh, cherubs. No, I don't think that I don't know. Again, I'm not too Muslim to know. Yeah, it's exactly. like little baby angels. You know, these things, this is a cherub. Cherub. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, you know, I've seen them. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, so we recorded on Friday, but now it's officially Saturday at 12.02, October 24th. Um, so, we will, we will, every Monday, like I said before, we'll come at you with the facts, with the authenticity. <laughs> And racial ambiguity. And racial ambiguity. <laughs> no, you know, we a little bit low-key fobs. If you don't know what fob means, it's fresh off the fucking boat. How about that? So, through love, through light, no, through light, through love, through God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Allah. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to, you know, our nice brothers. Adios.